Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a special series of discussions about US politics and the Trump presidency, or as we journalists call it, the gift that keeps on giving. I'm Freddie Gray, I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. Today's Americano podcast guest is Paul Wood, who wrote a very interesting article on all the British connections in the Mueller inquiry for this week's magazine. It's created a lot of interest, particularly on the internet. And I spoke to him and Isabel Hardman earlier this week on the main Spectator podcast. And here it is extracted for you Americano listeners. So Freddie, just to start out, could you explain what the Mueller investigation is? The Mueller investigation is an inquiry into possible collusion between Donald Trump and Russia. And it is as vague or precise as you want to be. And in fact, special prosecutive investigations being what they are, it's become a far more sprawling affair now. And it's looking into all sorts of aspects of the Trump presidency and, in fact, of corruption in American life in general. So it's become a very, very complicated and sprawling thing. But in essence, it's meant to be, did Donald Trump, did the Trump campaign collude with Russia in order to get elected and in order to destroy Hillary Clinton? Now, Paul, in your magazine piece this week, you look at the British links with this investigation. Just tell us a little bit about those. Well, the principal British link is Christopher Steele, who's a former MI6 officer who was commissioned during the election campaign to do political opposition research. Mr Steele, who's a fairly professional type of person, didn't even know that he was being commissioned by the Democratic Party, but that was who was paying the bills. And what he found, to his surprise, was some quite explosive allegations about Mr Trump's sex life, about his financial dealings, all of which led Steele to conclude that candidate Trump was vulnerable to blackmail by the Kremlin and there were a lot of rather strange, in Steele's view, connections and contacts between people in Trump's orbit and Russians and that is now, as Freddie says, the principal thing being investigated by Robert Mueller. But there are many, many other rather strange British connections. There's a character called George Papadopoulos who's a young Trump aide who is, if you believe uh, the press reports and the Mueller indictment, getting drunk in a Kensington wine bar with the Australian High Commissioner and letting drop the rather interesting claim that the Russians had supplied dirt on Hillary Clinton. This supposedly, or this is the cover story anyway, was what got the US counterintelligence investigation going in the first place, that investigation later morphing into the Mueller inquiry. But there are many other aspects to this. Steele getting Sir Andrew Wood, former British ambassador in Moscow, to put this document into the hands of Senator John McCain, and then that being handed on to Comey. Sir Richard Dearlove, former chief of MI6, being consulted by a rather desperate steel about what to do and being told, yes, the Americans have to know this. Credible reports we have of the head of GCHQ going to hand intercepts to the head of the CIA, and so on and so on and so on. Freddie, do you think that the British government in particular is playing fair on this? It's an interesting point that Paul raises in his piece about whether the whether the British, in their eagerness to strike a sort of post-Brexit trade deal with Trump, have slow-balled the Mueller investigation on the key British elements. But I just don't know about that. What I do find fascinating is what Paul points out, which is all these amazingly large number of British links in the Mueller investigation and what it says about our country. I think one of the key things it says is that we don't pay our spies enough. So they all have to go into retirement and do this sort of private contractor work. And really London and former British spies, perhaps riding a little bit off the accent, which still impresses Americans, are basically sort of charging enormous amounts of money to do intelligence spin. And I think that's certainly been the case. And then another element is an even bleaker part, if you like, is that Rob Goldstone, who's a very odd 
PR publicist, former tabloid journalist, I think, who was connecting the Trump family to very bizarre Russian oligarch. And so you have this sort of London as this sort of East meets West centre of sort of global intrigue and conspiracy. And it, it says something odd about the country we are now, I think. Paul, do you agree with that? Look, I think part of this is the very close traditional links between US intelligence and British intelligence who share things at a very high level openly. It's called the Five Eyes Agreement, and countries like Australia are members of that as well. Actually, Steele didn't get paid a king's ransom for this research. I think he was paid $160,000 or so by Fusion GPS, which was commissioned by the Democrats. Not a huge amount of money for something which then might have changed the course of the election and has certainly dominated the political conversation in Washington since. So Steele would say this isn't a matter of money. He wasn't expecting to find the things that he found, was quite shocked by it, and then decided this man cannot be president. He certainly thought that what he'd found could change the outcome of the election and was rather surprised when it didn't. Still could change the outcome of the Trump presidency. We will know perhaps in the next three months or so because apparently President Trump's lawyers have been told by Mueller's team that he's going to report or at least make an initial report within 90 days, which of course crucially is before the midterm elections. Impeachment is a political process as much as a legal one and all depends on the outcome of that election, whether we see the Republicans maintaining control of the House or whether we see a Democratic Congress. I think it'll be full speed ahead to impeachment if we do. Freddie, how likely is it that the Democrats will get into a position where they can push for this? I think it's looking less likely as time goes by. I think the Republicans are perhaps too bullish about their chances, but they are looking much stronger in both races, the Senate and House races. And and I think, you know, if the Democrats had a majority, they really could push for impeachment. But the, the problem is, is that there's a lot of smoke and a lot of sort of suspicious smoke But there's really not a lot of fire so far in the Mueller investigation. And a lot of people are saying now it might have to be wrapped up quite quickly. I think that's obviously the Team Trump's defence line. And something really explosive could still come. But at the moment, I don't think there's really anything that could hurt Trump, and particularly not if the Democrats don't have a majority. Paul knows more about this, so you could probably say whether that's rubbish or not. A lot depends on what evidence Mueller actually has. And the investigation is a black box. It hardly leaks. People are speculating. I myself think that there can't have been an actual conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russians. As one senior aide to Trump told me, we couldn't even coordinate with the Republican Party in Pennsylvania, let alone with the Kremlin. And you look at, for instance, the rather strange meeting arranged between this incredible character Rob Goldstone, this rather flamboyant British music promoter, who knew Aras Agalarov, this oligarch who supposedly acts for the Kremlin, And he arranged a meeting for Donald Jr. with a Russian lawyer. This was a rather fumbling attempt at bringing two sides together. The Trump side thought they were getting dirt on Hillary. No dirt was produced. Everybody left a little bit unhappy. If there was an actual conspiracy, you wouldn't need a British music promoter to bring everybody together. You would have a very quiet conversation. So I think there was on the... This is how people in the intelligence community have explained it to me. On the one hand, there was President Putin who decided, let's disrupt the American election. Here is a pot of money... Everybody who wants a bit of this money, come to me with good ideas on how to disrupt the American election. Apparently, this is how things are done in the Kremlin. On the other hand, you have people close to Trump who suddenly wake up to the fact that, good Lord, our man's going to be the Republican nominee. What if he actually wins? So there's a kind of gadarene rush by both sides to try to capitalise on the situation. Two bunches of, some might say, rather greedy and unscrupulous people 
colliding with each other in a very chaotic fashion. That is not a conspiracy, but it might rise to the level of collusion or cooperation if Muller has the evidence. We don't know yet whether he does. I think also it's worth adding that because Trump isn't going to be impeached doesn't mean the Mueller investigation will not bring down some serious victims. I mean, we had a lot of people talking about Jared Kushner's dodgy involvement. Why did he have his national security clearance revoked? I think that Mueller could bring down a lot of people. I just think there's no sign yet that he could bring down Trump. Well, let's not forget that President Trump's former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, is, as we speak, sitting in Club Fed, a federal prison um, in Virginia outside Washington, D.C. He's there for witness tampering. He hasn't been convicted of anything yet. But think of the enormity of that. The actual campaign manager for the president, the successful victor in the presidential election, is now sitting in jail. Now, President Trump says quite correctly that what so far Manafort has been indicted for are money laundering, tax evasion, lobbying, alleged offences, all to do with the period before he joined the campaign. How does this link into any allegation that Mueller may be investigating of so-called collusion with the Russians? Well, the theory advanced by intelligence professionals is that the Russians had something on Manafort. What they had was details of these tens of millions set out in the indictment, which he is accused of not declaring for tax. If that's the case, the Russians would know that. They would have a lever against him, and what they would use that lever to do is to get him into the campaign. He, after all, volunteered his services for nothing. People who know how these political consultants and professionals work know that the campaign is the big bonanza. You get a percentage of the ad buy, you make untold millions, but here was Manafort offering to do it for nothing. The question is why. One answer, uh, according to Trump's enemies and critics, is that he was put in there by the Russians, and that's how these historical offences might intersect with this present-day allegation of collusion. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer, and we'll even throw in a Spectator Moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. <laughs>